Hey everyone, uh, Jason Klein here. I'm the senior minister here at Refocus Christian Church, uh, located in Fallonsby, West Virginia. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for listening to our content. Uh, feel free to share or like or leave any comments you have. Uh, we're always looking to engage with people. Uh, what are some questions you have? What are some things that you might be learning? Uh, and at the same time, if you want to know more about us, check us out at refocuschurch.com, uh, which also has a link to our Facebook there. Uh, and so it just has uh, upcoming events, things that are going on, uh, sermon series that we're in. Uh, so once again, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you for listening in. And as always, please feel free to share and comment or like, because uh, we want to make sure that we're trying to reach as many people possible uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ. All right. Have a great day. always do, I'm going to ask you to just take uh, a minute, just kind of focus yourself, and then we'll get in to our message. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for everything that you continue to do and the way that you provide. And and really, the only way, and, and I think Cody uh, and Nick said it best, the only way we have freedom is in you. That's it. That That is true freedom. And I pray that as we continue into this series, that you help us to learn and navigate life a little closer, um, a little easier knowing that really it's all about you. It's all about what you provide. It's all about what you've taken care of. It's all about trusting and living a life that trusts you. God, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for who you are and everything you've done. So let me pray. Amen. So I, um, Oh, yeah, before I forget to mention this, congratulations to John and Billy on 18 years, right? Is that, am I correct? Celebration. Yeah. Madison was like, hey, can you embarrass my parents? And I was like, yeah, sure, of course I can. Uh, <clears throat> that's what I do. Huh? Yeah. What's... I just got a text from Scarlett's grandfather, and she has been over 500 for three days, and she can stay, she's in engraftment. That's a miracle. That's bone marrow transplant is taking place. And we just need to pray she stays there 28 days and she has the best chance of it never coming back. So little baby Scarlett, her bone marrow transplant is going very well. Very well. She's the little girl we prayed for a couple months ago. And then Texas Roadhouse did something. So thank God for that. Um, listen, I'm telling you, man, God's good. <laughs> like, uh, if there's one thing I've learned in the last couple weeks and it's not that I don't know. I think sometimes I just need to be reminded that, that God really can do only what God can do. Uh, and, and, and we're going to talk about that today, that, that being in him gives me the ability to do things that only I can do through him, right? And, and um, the last couple of weeks have just been exhausting, man. Uh, I don't think I've slept well other than last night's. 
Uh, and it's not a, it is, but it's life. It's crazy. Things happen. Um, but, but when you, when you're trying to do what God wants you to do, sometimes you, you got to trust in, in his own strength to get it done. You know, I think a lot of times we, I was thinking about the, the young lady that was sharing about her business and, you know, obviously she's talking about life and how she kind of lost perspective and, um, you know, the video we just watched. And the one thing that stuck out to me, and she's talking about this from her a business standpoint, that when she started focusing on the people, right, when she got back to what mattered, she realized that everything else still came into play, right? Uh, and I think that that's something that as a church we have to remember uh, because, listen, it's really easy to get caught up on numbers, and, and what we deem successful, and, and it's a comparison game, and you look at other churches, and, and, and what really matters is, is are we really helping develop people to be more like Jesus in every circumstance? Listen, my, my hope and my prayer is that, and, and it's part of who we are, that, that the multiply, we, we want to grow, but, but there has to be depth to it. <laughs> I don't want to be a church of a thousand people and only two hundred of them serve. What's the point of that? I'd rather just have the two hundred. And 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 I think we we have to we have to look at the life we live and we have to look at at the things that we own and the things that that we spend our time on and and we have to ask ourselves, what are we really what are we really pursuing in life that matters? If you don't know, some of you do, but prior to, to coming back here, I was working as a logistics manager for a fairly large company, and, and I was on track to make some, what I would consider some pretty good money. I mean, within, within a, a year, I, I was pretty much guaranteed a six-figure income. And, and let me tell you that, that as someone who was 36 years old, I was like, I can buy a lot with that. You can't, by the way. My kids take it all. Uh, and I love them. But, you know, in my mind, I was thinking I'm going to have a fancy house and I'm going to have multiple trucks. I'm going to have a decked out Wrangler, not a Lamborghini. I can't fit into a Lamborghini. I tried that once. But, but I, 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 was, I was so caught up chasing what I really thought mattered. If I could just make more money, my wife would be happy. If I could just make more money, my kids would, would have everything they could ever want. And it cost me. Oh, man, did it cost me. 70 hours a week, on call, 24 hours a day, at one point, uh, I was in charge because the people in upper management above me had quit. <laughs> so I took all of their responsibilities. And I was, I was more stressed than I had ever been in my entire life. And, and a couple months ago, and Danny said to me, she said, she's like, I'm going to tell you this now, but I should have told you this then, that the person you were when you came home, my whole job was to try to keep the kids away from you. <laughs> She's like, you were mean. And I was like, well, that hurt. 
She's like, no, no. She's like, she, I, I don't mean that, but in a, a mean way. But she's like, you, she's like, you were so focused on trying to, to be successful that she's like, you were missing what really mattered. Us. <laughs> and and listen, as I can tell you right now, I still struggle with that. My personality is is very driven, like ridiculously focused. Sometimes, like it's almost annoying to me. Because I just want to be successful. I just want to accomplish things. I, I, I don't do something unless I know I can do it well. <laughs> like, I mean, that's that's, my, that's who I am. But but that's that's something that I struggle with. And and then here we are today, coming into the second part of the series, and we're going to talk about what it means to be content. And I was like, okay, God, wish I would have gone to Florida this weekend because then John and Cody could have talked about contentment. This week, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about being content because I'm the hardest person in the world to find contentment. But part of life, part of the balance that, that we're supposed to draw is part of having faith is to learn to be who who you're supposed to be, no matter what happens. Right, that when Paul talks about it in Philippians, and and that's where we're going to be. When Paul when Paul talks about learning to be content, Philippians four, verses ten through fourteen, Paul writes this to the church in Philippi. By the way, this is written by a man who is currently in shackles for the Lord. Can you imagine writing these words from a prison cell? 4 verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was, it was good of you to share in my troubles. And, and like I said, this is, this is a man who is writing this from, from a prison cell. He was the uh, first missionary to Philippi. He was he had befriended this church, this community. He 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 was longed to get back to them, which is really what he wanted. But but here he found himself in chains for the cause of Christ. He he was a man who, prior to choosing to follow Jesus, had just about everything you can imagine. He was a Pharisee among Pharisees. Probably had a decent amount of wealth. He could travel freely. No one stopped him. He, he was well-known, reputable. His, his name brought fear. And, and, and here he was now sitting in shackles, waiting to see what the outcome was going to be. 
But, but he wasn't just a man who had been arrested. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 11, 23-27, and he's write this to the church in Corinth. It says, are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman, with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day adrift at sea, on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, and toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, sleepless night and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure." Paul, Paul is writing this, and, and listen, he, he's defending himself to the church in Corinth, even though he feels like he doesn't have to, but, but they're, they're talking about how good all these other false prophets are. And, and Paul says, look at, look, look at what I've been through. Everything that I've suffered, everything that I've seen, everything that I've endured. And yet he writes... I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you've renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. This is a man that that his his foundation, his relationship with God was so incredible. It was so solid. That no matter what came his way, he knew that it was going to be okay. I wish I could sit here and tell you that that's how I handle bad things in my life. But I, I, I struggle because for some reason when when life becomes challenging, I, I have this really weird habit of, you know, um, I, I want to take things back from God. <laughs> you know, if there's a relationship that I'm praying about that, that needs resolved or healing and it's not happening fast enough, I'm like, okay, God, I got it. <laughs> you can sit down. You're good. And I can just imagine God being like, <sighs> again, <laughs> with this. Or you want to come to my finances, you know, and try to make ends meet sometimes, and and I go out of my way, I take out loans that maybe I didn't need to. I've done stuff like that in the past. I've actually put myself in severe debt trying to solve a problem, and in essence, what I did is just created a much bigger problem for myself. Because instead of relying on God to, to be my provider and the one who takes care of me, I was like, no, no, I'm going to do it the way the world does it. Or, you know, we talk about healing. And listen, I'm all for medicine. Man. I think modern medicine is great. But I think that coupled alongside faith and belief that only God can do what God can do. You know, we, we talk about baby Scarlet. Uh, and then having a bone marrow transplant, which, by the way, is significant in the fact that she's doing well. 
Thank God for the doctors who were smart enough to figure that out. But thank God that his blessing is on that, that, that he's protecting that, that he's watching over that, that he has his hands where it needs to. He, he's the divine healer. That's what he does. He, he is in charge of all of it, all of creation. It's his. And, and, and so often we, for some reason, as created people, when I was having this conversation with Roy, as created people, we try to be the creator. We try to intervene and, and do what only God can do, and then we get mad when it doesn't work out, and we're like, why have you failed us? And he's like, because you messed with it. You should have just left it alone. And it's so hard because being... Being content is a practice. It, it's a discipline. It's a, what I'm not saying, and I, and I don't want you to take this away, is there are hard things in life, and I think it's okay to acknowledge that. Right? I think it's okay to, to be upset when life's not going the way it's going. I think it's okay to talk about that. I think it's okay to process those things. Uh, one of the things that I've said this before, it absolutely drives me nuts, is when people, you know, and I, and I know people mean well, and, you know, you're going through like a really difficult time and life's really hard, and people are like, ah, just pray about it. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to do that, but I'm also going to be frustrated in the moment. <laughs> Right? Because it, it's life. Like my brain needs to process what is happening to me. The, the steps of grief exist for a reason. And, and, and so it's not that we can't process it, but, but learning to be content means that even though you don't know what's happening next, you still believe that God has your best interest at heart. That God is watching for you. That God is protecting you. That if you are in Christ, that, that you will be able to do and overcome whatever this is. Philippians 4.13 is, is probably one of the more you know, popular you know, ideas where I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I remember a couple of years ago when Steph Curry started putting them on his shoe and it started showing up on other things. And if you ever played any kind of sports, it's like everyone loves to quote that verse. But for some reason, we don't talk about the rest of it. <laughs> like, oh, I believe that God can, I can do all things in Christ, so I'm going to sink this three-pointer. I can, I can win this tournament. I can, I can win this baseball game. Our team can go to the championship. I, listen, I, I'm not trying to burst your bubble. When Paul wrote that, he wasn't thinking about your baseball game. He wasn't thinking about your sports career. He was thinking about what it means to suffer in the name of Jesus and still be the kind of person that says, I write to you with joy. <laughs> I write to you, and I love it because Paul even says in the beginning of Philippians, uh, I write from prison, and everyone here knows who I follow. Paul was, was ministering, even in shackles, he was ministering. He, he was encouraging to the churches. You know, I, he's like, I'm glad that you participated in my suffering because you can now see that even in the worst scenario, God is still God. N.C. Wright says this about 
Paul's mentality here. It says Paul is quick to say as well that his deep gratitude for the money didn't mean he was the sort of person who would grumble or moan at God if he wasn't kept well supplied with creature comforts of all time, all the time. On the contrary, God has put him through a tough school in which he has learned one of the most important lessons of life, contentment. Said so many other philosophers of the time spoke of contentment. They usually, though they developed the idea in terms of self-sufficiency. You should find resources within yourself, they said, so that you could smile at the fluctuating fortunes which life threw you. Paul has a different view. Paul says, I am strong enough for anything because of the one who gives me strength. He leaves it open as to whether the one in question means God or Jesus or the Messiah, but it seems more likely to me that he means God himself. God, of course, we know, and Jesus. So, so Paul is, is not, he's not arguing for this, you know, this contentment that if I, just, if I bear down, if I grip my teeth, I, I can will myself through this. Paul says, no, no, rely on the one who has given you strength to get through it. Put your hope, put your faith, put your trust in the God who made you. He's the one that will see you through. It's not because I'm good enough. It's not because I'm strong enough. It's not because I'm enough, but it's because he's enough. Like that, that, that's the biggest thing. And, and the reason why, I would almost venture to say, the reason why we struggle so, so often in our faith is because we try to go at it alone. We are so dis- driven to be successful and, and, you know, and to try to accomplish things and look at me, look at me. And listen, I, I'm growing up in the culture that I grew up in as a guy, you, know, you don't ask for a lot of help. You know, you, as men, we're taught not to ask for help. I'm stubborn, man. I'd rather like lose a finger trying to change something on my car than ask for someone who knows how to do it. Because we are so determined that no matter what happens, that we, we have to be people that are self-sufficient. And Paul says, stop with that. Put your faith, put your trust, put your hope in the one who's stronger than even you. You know, life is, is difficult. And we're going to continue to talk about that as we go through this series. You know, if you've ever lived long enough in this world, you can attest to that, that life's kind of up and down, up and down, up and down. New Christians, new believers all the time, man. I see it. They struggle with that. Because they, you know, we, we just came back from camp, and, and Cody was out at camp with us, and, and the high of camp is amazing. Like, you walk out of there, and you feel like you can, like, take on the world, and nothing could stop you. And, and then you get home, and you realize, well, nothing changed. <laughs> right? And, 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 and I think life sometimes, we, we, we expect people, and, and I hate to say it, the church has done not a great job of, you know, we teach people they just have faith, they'll have plenty of money, and they'll never be sick. And I, listen, that's just not biblical. 
I mean, Paul can attest to that. Can you imagine telling Paul that if he just believed harder, he'd be out of shackles? I, I couldn't because I can't. Because here's a man who, who understood that suffering is part of life. You and I will always have it. It doesn't go away. But the difference is, is we have a God who can get us through it. We have a God who understands it. We have a God who, who looks at the life that we live and, and the things that happen. And, and we have a God that when life hits us the hardest, we can say that I can do all things through Him. I could not do what I do if it wasn't for the fact that God is who God is. And I say that as honestly as possible. Stop. And the good thing is, is I don't want it to be me. Because if I had to do this on my own strength, man, it would, it would be a mess. Thank God that you made something really, really cool out of my mess. Hey everyone, thanks so much for checking out this week's podcast. Hey, if you want to learn more about our church, check us out at refocuschurch.com or look us up on Facebook at Refocus Christian Church. We're located in Fallonby, West Virginia. Uh, we'd love to have you and your family out. Come check out and see what God is doing in our people, in our community, in our church. All right, later.